Welcome to the latest edition of the Feed from the Wings podcast. I'm Nisha Narayanan here with Aaron Palacios. And, you know, there really hasn't been any Eagles news, like significant news up to up till today. Today we found out that they're signing Nick Mullins as to be their third string quarterback. And I think it's a – he's probably there to be like a camp body and he'll most likely be the third string quarterback heading into the into week one. So – I'm okay with it. Like they made a surprising cut last week with cutting oh waving actually um Jamie Newman and then waving uh Trevor Grimes, but he ended up reverting back to the IR. So seems like the Eagles have a plan going forward. It's it's an interesting one, but it's a it's a plan nonetheless. Yeah, uh Nick Mullins is a pretty run at the mill you know, camp body signing as far as, you know, as far as these type of signings go, it's pretty average. You saw, um, started 16 games in, in his career with San Fran, uh, went five and 11, 64% completion, 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, 22 picks, 87.2 QB rating. So, I mean, he was decent. He was decent there. And those were not great. Um, I mean, they, they weren't obviously weren't horrible Niners teams. Like last year, there wasn't a horrible team. And even the year before that, obviously, you know, not, not a horrible team, but, he did. He did what he could, and I think he's. I think it's a solid, solid third string guy. And honestly, I mean, there might be some some argument that he might be a better backup for, for us than Flacco, um, just just because I think he is a little more mobile than, than Flacco. I don't think it takes much to be more mobile than Flacco, but um, I think maybe that would help him fit the offense a little more. And he's a little younger. Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I'm not a huge fan of the of the Flacco as a backup necessarily, but. Um, I, I like bringing in Mullins, at least as just, like you said, another camp arm at the very least, especially with them, uh, Jamie Newman getting cut. Um, so they don't, they don't really have any other options there as far as QB3. Yeah, that the waving him was a little bit interesting. You know, maybe he probably didn't have a good rookie rookie mini camp. So, mm-hmm. and he might come back. Maybe he might come back on the practice squad. So, yeah, you might be right. Nick Mullins is. He could be a better backup than Joe Flacco, but we saw what Nick Mullins did against the Eagles last year on Sunday Night Football. Like, he he stuck the bed. Like, he threw a pick six. And, yeah, he basically – he wasn't that good. Like, at that time, the Niners had a bunch of injuries. Nick Bosa was injured, and then Garoppolo, Jimmy G was injured. So it's kind of like a – the whole season last year was a very mixed bag. You know, they're just coming off the Super Bowl appearance, so now they have a new quarterback, so it's in Trey Lance, so it'll be, we, the Eagles end up, do end up playing them on week number two, so that that's going to be interesting to see where both teams are going to be at, if both teams are either going to be 0-1 or 1-0, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it adds another wrinkle there, you know, with, with Mullins gone and coming over here you know it, it could possibly be could possibly be uh, uh trey lance starting week uh, week two which would present a, a whole other set of issues and you know you just kind of you kind of got to wait and see what happens there at that quarterback position i still think they're going to roll with with jimmy g to start and then bring bring him along a little bit later but um you never know they, they could start him week one yeah <clears throat> i wouldn't be surprised if they did that it's just Trey Lance is so much better than Jimmy G, so you yeah, know, it's a lot more dynamic. 
somebody might get injured, like how when the Eagles they drafted Carson Wentz and then Sam Bradford, he was gonna be the he's gonna be the start of the whole year, and then Teddy Bridgewater goes down and the Eagles trade Sam Bradford for a one. So it's kind of like the the Niners they might be waiting for maybe an injury to happen, and where the they might be able to get a one for Jimmy G or at least a, a number two picks number uh, number round two pick in in up, upcoming years draft. So they the plan for them might be trail tra- starting week one, but you never know. So. You know, everything, you know, everything is starting to get back to normal and stuff. You know, stadiums are starting to open up full capacity, and we've been seeing that in the playoffs, in the NBA playoffs and the MLB as well. And speaking of that, we have training camp coming up, and, you know, there's a lot of interesting position battles that we're looking at. You know, one is for Travis Fulgov. Like, seems like the Eagles are really have high expectations for him. And hopefully he can be one of the one of the top three starting wide receivers on the team. And then you have the quarterback cornerback position, which is you know, it's right now it's very muddled because we don't know who's going to be QB two outside of uh, Darius Slay. So that should be, and you know, there's a lot of really good free agent cornerback on the market right now. Like Steven Nelson still hasn't been signed. Richard Sherman has hasn't been signed and Gary on Conley is going to be signed. I'm surprised the Eagles haven't made a move on either one of those guys because they really need quarterback help. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the plan is there. there at quarterback too. And it seems like they're, they're just going to roll with who's it, who's it, who's there. And maybe they know something we don't know. And maybe there's a reason why they're waiting. Um, it could be like um, wanting to wait until they can move Zach Ertz. Um, that could be a possibility as to why they're waiting to, to bring a, a cornerback in. Maybe they've already talked to Steven Nelson. And they're like, listen, as soon as we get Zach Ertz out of here, you're coming here. So maybe they've got some sort of verbal deal in place. You never know how that works. But um, I, I would like to definitely see them do something else at cornerback too because, I mean, the guys they have on their roster, outside Darius Slade, it's just bad. and There's no way around that. And um, As far as Travis Fulgham, he looks like he's probably going to be um, – I call him, I would call him the quote unquote wide receiver three um, on this offense. He's obviously going to be starting though, if he is um, in that role, which he'll be starting on the outside at, at the X position. And I just, I, I call him a wide receiver three, just because I think he'd probably be around third on the team in targets, you know, as far as that goes, I think, I think between Rager and, and Smith, those are going to be your two leading receivers this year. And then Travis Fulgham, and you never know with um, um, JJ Ortega Whiteside, he's, apparently quote unquote in a good place, whatever that means. Um, uh, so I guess he's uh, still, his name's still involved in there. And I know I, we talked about him a couple, couple podcasts ago about he, how he could pro- possibly still make the roster. And I still think that there's a really, really good chance he makes the roster. And I think you're going to see like Quez Watkins or John Hightower. One of those two are probably going to be on the outside looking in um, at the end of the day. And I know, I know we've talked about Greg Ward, he, he possibly, him possibly not being on the team, but, um, I believe he's he's getting starting reps at slot right now um, as far as OTAs. So I I don't know. He he's probably going to be on the team again, and I don't I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily against that because um, he is you know he's a little reliable, but it's just he doesn't give you much at that position. Where I think if you if you have Fulgham Fulgham Smith and Rager out on the field at the same time, it gives you a lot more 
a lot more, you know, a lot more explosive plays, a lot more chances to be, you know, a great offense than, than having Greg Ward out there. I just, I just think when you put Greg Ward out there, it's just like, it's such a vanilla, vanilla receiver that doesn't add any dynamics to the game. You know, he's just, it's just like putting just an average player out there where, you know, you put Jalen Rager, at least in the slot, you know, he's got some, he's got some electricity in him. So I don't know. To, to me, those should be your top three wide receivers. Um, where they are deployed, um, I don't necessarily know. They could probably use Fulgham a lot in the slot as well. I think I think if those are your top three wide receivers, you're going to see them kind of alternate those roles a lot. Yeah, and when he, he goes to Greg Ward, I think he's one of those guys who <clears throat> you can't rely on him to get like get like ten catches a game and like 120 yards and a touchdown. Like he'll go. He'll have like a mediocre sat line, like probably five catches for like fifty yards, but some of those some of those catches will be like very like important. They'll be like late in the game, like we how we saw back in twenty nineteen when the Eagles basically had no re- wide receivers on the stretch. He was able to get mm-hmm. merge in the in the in the Giants game and then he caught the game winning pass against the Reds uh, the Washington football team and then he had a big catch to set up the second touchdown against the Cowboys in week 16. So mm-hmm. he's he's one of those guys who can be like he can be he he can be one of those guys that you can rely on to be like to cat if you when you need a when you need a first down or third down or fourth down you can rely on him but I just don't think you can rely on him for a full game. Like he's he he's a he's a, he's a he's a very good slot receiver like he can do those in and out routes, that's probably about it. You can't rely on him to, mm-hmm. like, you know, beat a defense or anything like that. So, like yeah, you said, like you said, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I could see um, his, his him having a little bit more value if the Eagles move on from Zach Ertz because if you look at the team, they don't really have, like, a security blanket as far as, you know, a wide, like even Dallas Garter, he's had his own issues with drops. He's not – as far as tight ends go, I wouldn't necessarily call him like a security blanket for for a, for, a, for a quarterback. And then at the wide receiver position, I mean, you, you, it's hard to call Devonta Smith or, or Jalen Rager that. But I think whenever you look at someone like like Greg Ward, he could be that security blanket like Zach Ertz was, getting those you know short crossing routes, getting those slants, you know, just a bunch of short intermediate work that that maybe move the chains. And that's that's really the only value I think he brings there is he's a little bit more reliable than I think other receivers. And I think there's also some of that um, romanticizing of of um, of him just because of, like you said, his his big plays that he made in the year that we had no wide receivers. So I think people see that and like, well, look what he did in 2019 when you know we had no one else. He was our really only really only reliable guy. Which you know I can understand that, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta kind of move on from players like him and, and get the ball into hands of more explosive, um, dynamic players. So. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at him being on the roster, but at the end of the day, I, I, I want I want him not starting. <laughs> I'd be okay with him as a backup slot, but yeah, I mean, him starting, I, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, I think he'll get a few reps like throughout games. I don't think he's gonna get like 53 snaps or something. So right, the one guy I was really interested on in seeing was uh, Marquise Goodwin. He he got traded to the Eagles last year during day three of the draft and you know he's seen as more of a like an extra body for the wide receiver position at the time he ended mm-hmm. up then playing he, he he was one of those COVID opt-outs and we never really got to see him play he right now he's with the Bears so 
he brought mm-hmm. a lot. He's he's probably a guy that the Eagles could have used down the stretch, especially when the offense was struggling. He's able to he can easily beat the defense. Like he, you tell him to go run a go rock, he'll probably beat the beat the de- defensive back. So yeah, was probably they probably didn't think he would add anything to this team, so they didn't they so, let him go. So I guess I said I can't remember they cut him right. They because I mean his contract was suspended because he opted out, and then they what they cut him. Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. Yeah, and he was the guy I was a little excited. I mean, he's got world class speed, world class sprinter speed. He's Olympian, too. like he's got yeah unique guys like that, and he yep, can catch yep, the ball as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at, I mean, his he's really only had one year, but his one good year, his one good year was really good. And so, I mean, he's had issues with injuries, but um, yeah, I got the Bears got themselves a nice little weapon there. I, I was a little upset that they you know got rid of him. Um, Especially considering the fact you got guy like like Greg Ward, you know, like on this team where he doesn't add the type of dynamics that that Marquis Goodwin adds. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, I I don't know if Goodwin Goodwin might not even make the team in Chicago. I mean, they don't have a great um, wide receiver corpse, but um, you know, he, he's probably going to be one of the guys that's kind of on the fringe there. Yeah, like he was an interesting at the time. He was a very interesting pickup. They traded him for. Yep. Like, Seventh round pick, so it's kind of. Yeah, I think it was a pick swap. Yeah, you didn't really expect anything from him. <laughs> we didn't get anything from him because, like I said before, yeah. it was a COVID opt out for uh, for a very good reason. So. Right. Yeah, I think I think this wide receiver core is going to be very very interesting going forward. Like we'll we'll finally be able to see training camp in full because of. The team allowing reporters to go in there, and we'll be able to see videos of them. So we'll be able to see the progress of JJ Ortega Whiteside and Devontae Smith. We've already seen videos of Devontae Smith, and he's looking like he's no he's he's the number one wide receiver of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Nobody nobody else touches him in that regard. I would I'm very interested in seeing what Jalen Rager can do after very you know disappointing. Uh, rookie season, and then, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, Travis Fulgham. Like, we he had a really good what was it like five game stretch from week mm-hmm. week four against the Niners and up until week eight against the Cowboys. Like, he was making big plays like every single game, and then he just he just disappeared from the playbook, and turns out. He was pissed off at the coaching sack for letting Alshon, putting Alshon Jeffrey ahead of him, and I don't blame him because you've done all this work for five games. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't even played a single snap in the season, and he's getting more snaps than me. So it's kind of understand. Mm-hmm. I kind of understand where he's coming from in that aspect. Yeah, I mean he he was dominant, man. I mean you look at his his salary, twenty seven catches, forty one targets, fantasy like. Everybody was grabbing him in fantasy because I that game, I, that game against uh, the Forty ers and the ultimately against the Steelers. So yeah, yep, yep. I I was one of the early adopters. I, I picked him up right after that Forty ers game, and I started him. He was he was huge for me in fantasy, man. I because I was have I had horrible wide receivers in the league that I that I grabbed them. So I was happy, but yeah, twenty seven catches, three seventy eight, three touchdowns. Doesn't seem like a lot, but over that short period of time, if you if you um 
put that across 16 games. That's 108 catches, 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns. So uh, he, he obviously had a pace of a top five wide receiver there for that short amount of time. And, you know, he did have issues there um, with, with the coaching staff. And that, that obviously played a big part into why he didn't get those snaps maybe he wanted. And I, I see both sides of it because I see, you know, they want to get Alshon Jeffrey involved. He is the vet. He is the guy who's been there. And, you know, you, you want to get him, you want to get him involved in the game. But at the same time, you got the ball with the hot hand and you got to, I don't care, you know, what, what Alshon's getting made or what Alshon's getting paid compared to what Travis is getting paid because all that matters is what happens on the field. And I think a lot of what happened last year was, was the front office possibly meddling in coaching decisions or maybe even just Doug Pearson feeling like he had to put Alshon out there or, um, you know, just to appease Howie Roseman or to, or to make it look like, hey, at least I tried to get Alshon involved, but it just didn't work. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I see it both ways. And also I see, I did see Travis Fulgham before, before he saw those snaps go down, he did have a couple games um, where he, he was just, not, he was nonproductive. He, he saw 16 targets in two games combined, his last two games starting. And I, he, he brought back like three catches on those 16 targets. So um, obviously a lot of that is horrible quarterback play playing a huge part, but a lot of that can also be attributed to Travis just not producing the same way he did. And I don't think he's the player that we saw, you know, for that dominant stretch. I don't think he's a 1500 yard, 12, uh, 10, oh, 12 yeah. touchdown guy, but he's obviously got a shitload of skill. He's obviously, he obviously has shown he can do it. So it just comes down to being consistent, you know, getting that maturity, getting, you know, getting the small details down, you know, the small intricacies of route running, of just being in the right spot, of, of knowing, of being where the quarterback wants you to be, you know, and that's such an important part of being a wide receiver is just getting on the same page with the quarterback and, and figuring out the small little details that they want you to do. And, you know, if, 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 if Fulgham can figure it out, man, he's got the physical tools. We've seen that. We've seen the physical tools. He got thrown into the fire and, and produced almost immediately with zero, you know, experience. So there's a lot to be excited about when it comes to this wide receiver core, I think, um, especially compared to years past, because it, it's not the same like Alshon Jeffrey. You know what Alshon Jeffrey's going to give you. I don't even when he was healthy, you knew what he was. You know, he, he's a he's a above average, you know, wide receiver that wins in very specific ways. He wins, you know, with body control. He wins with, you know, contested catches. Um, he wins with you know, not great route running, but just great body position and, and, and stuff like that. So you you saw ways that he won. But when you look at Devonta Smith, he can beat you every way. He can climb the ladder. He can, you know, he's quick. He's fast. He does it all. Jalen Rager is explosive as anybody. And then we saw Travis Fulgham, you know, he's kind of, he, he's kind of like the do it all wide receiver. He can, he can go above the rim and he's got some speed, man. He can, he can beat you on a go route like we saw in his first touchdown. So I, that gives me a lot of excitement as far as the wide receivers go. And, you know, maybe it's going to make, make it a lot more difficult when you've got a more dynamic runner like Jalen Hurts. It might make it more difficult for teams to, to really shut down your passing game if you have to worry about a Jalen Hurts. But, um, you know, bringing up Jalen Hurts at all, it all boils down to what can he bring to the table as a passer. And we all know he's an amazing runner. You know, he, he's, he's got speed. He's, he's great physicality. You know, he, he's, he can juke people out of their shoes. That's fine. But what I want to see from Jalen Hurts is what he can do as a passer. Can he take that next step and, and really become a polished pocket passer? And, you know, you don't necessarily need to be like a prototypical pocket passer, but you still have to win with your arm. You can't just win with your legs all the time. And you're seeing even like Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he won an MVP with mostly, you know, his legs. And obviously he led the, you know, the league in touchdowns. But, you know, we saw the, the next year he started to struggle a little bit or when teams started to, to really make him force 
force him to beat him with just his arm. That's when you really start to see these struggles happen with these running quarterbacks. So I'm really interested to see what Jalen Hurts can do with this with this um, wide receiver corps because I think he's got a lot of talent there. I mean, I think he's got a lot of a lot of stuff to work with. Yeah, I think I, I think you're totally right in what you're saying. And what we're gonna, you know, there's a preseason this year, so maybe he might not play. He might play, but we'll we'll be able to see what he's like. And mm-hmm. you know, this year defense will will be able to game plan for him. And this is not college. This is NFL where they're gonna take away some of your 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 strengths and make you focus on your weaknesses and you know, the first couple of weeks of the season, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to, we're going to know a lot about this team because we have a, the first six weeks are pretty, they're pretty brutal. So yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to the season, you know, hopefully I can go down to Philly and catch a, a, a game there and be with the fans. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. There's a lot of unknown in this season um, compared to last season's, uh, or at least previous seasons, because, you know, there, there's so much moving parts with this team. you got a new coach. you got a new quarterback. you got a new wide receiver one. You know, you, you got a lot of new stuff. You, you, you're getting, you're moving on from a lot of the older guys, like even, you know, Zach Ertz, like you're talking about, he's probably gone. Um, or he could be here. Who knows? But <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about what direction this team is going to be heading in. You know, who knows if it's playoffs year one. I, I'm still, you know, I don't, I'm maintaining, I, I don't believe there'll be a playoff team, but, you know, it's there, obviously. So, um, to me, it's just, it's just building towards the future, seeing what Jalen Hurts can be, seeing, you know, what his, his, his full potential is and giving him a, a shot to, to be the franchise quarterback. And he's going to get a shot, but, you know, if, if, if he struggles, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough season because there's, we're so, and I think that, I think last year kind of proved that that we are so used to to great quarterback play, you know, keeping a, a relatively poor team great or at least competitive. Um, because last year, I mean, you saw Wentz was Wentz was awful, and what happened? The whole team was awful. So the years prior, you know, twenty nineteen, Wentz was pretty much great all year, and the team the team was not. So he was able to, you know, the good the good quarterback play was able to to keep you competitive. You were able to make a playoff push at the end. Same thing with 2018, and I know he didn't play that full year, and they made the playoffs without him, but still was not a great team um, until that Nick Foles took over and they started to get healthy. Because I think a lot of people forget once Nick Foles took over, they, they got Darren Sproles back. They got Avante Maddox back. The defense started playing significantly better. And I know those two names aren't a lot, but whenever you're a team that's starting for – quarterback play and you're starving for talent at running back and a punt returner those are some you know they, they provided some big plays and I, I think people also forget how good Avanta Maddox was in 2018 and, and how big him coming back that year was so um, I'm kind of getting off point here but um, my, my overall point is the the great quarterback play that that went at 2018 2019 it really kind of buoyed a bad team so and if if Jalen Hurts can't produce that you know same level of top 10 top 12 quarterback play you know, this team's not going to be good. And you, you, there's not much that's going to be able to prop this team up. You know, it's not like you've got a, you know, a Zeke Elliott or, um, you know, Derrick Henry to, to really rely on, you know, every single down if you're a quarterback struggling. You know, we don't have a, a Julio Jones or, or, you know, Devonta Adams or, some, you know, a, an amazing wide receiver that can take pressure off. We don't have, you know, a dominant top five defense right now. So 
it's going to be a lot of Jalen Hurts if this team is going to be really competitive and really actually make a playoff push. But if he's average, if he's, you know, struggles, then they're going to be a bad team. And I don't know if they'll give him, you know, the job again going forward. Yeah, I totally agree with the, with everything you said. And we'll leave it there. We'll, hopefully we'll get some more interesting news next week. So. Fly goes fly. Follow me at Big Niche Twenty and follow Aaron at Ann Palacios Five on Twitter, and we'll catch you guys next week. Fly goes fly.